0: Enjoy. It's awesome. I put my heart and soul into it. And if you want to really start your journey to do your trauma work, claim your powerbook.com is the place to go to get my book, Claim Your Power, and to get a bunch of free bonuses, including free
1: coaching with me for 40 days. Please enjoy today's episode. You are listening to the Power and Purpose podcast with Mastin Kip. Today's episode is an interview with Nick Ortner, the CEO of The Tapping Solution and author of the New York Times best selling. The Tapping Solution, a revolutionary system for stress-free living. He shares with Mastin the foundation of making decisions that change life for you versus letting life happen to you, the pain of making the wrong choices, why community is so important, feeling safe in our bodies, and more.
0: Hey, first of all, thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. Um, you've been a friend and a mentor to me as I sort of found my way through this crazy internet inspirational world. So um, it's cool to like have you like on camera and on video now with us. Um Gosh, there's so much to talk about when it comes to tapping and everything that you've been through. But before we get into like the tapping, yeah, you know, um, this piece is really for people who like. It's easy for you and I and the teachers who have kind of gone through the hard times to be up here. Oh yeah, just do this thing and you'll be good, you know. Yep. But I'm really curious. Like, was there a moment in your life when it was like before all of that, where there was just like all sort of like all seemed lost, and there was a a moment where, you know, you weren't sure if you're going to make it through. Mm. Was, there, was there a moment like that for you?
2: You know, I, I think that the language make it through would be stronger than what I actually felt. But certainly there were a, a lot of moments where, you know, what's interesting about this work is that I think most of us grow up in our lives unconscious, right? We just, we don't know. <laughs> you know, we don't know simple things like that our thoughts affect our reality. We don't know simple things like we can actually change our lives. I mean that. It seems like that's the basic groundwork of this whole personal development industry, what we do, what we teach. That's the foundation. You can make decisions that can change your life. But if I think back to high school and college, I don't think I was waking up every morning going, oh, I can make decisions today that are going to change my life. You just think life happens to you. And that is what most people think. Life happens to you. And I think you can only think that for so long until something smacks you around and because when you're not making those daily conscious decisions, life happens to you, and it usually doesn't happen in a great way, right? Because you're reacting, this isn't working, that isn't working. Um, so for me, I think it was, um, you know, more of this underlying unconscious pain of not living what I want to live, not making the choices that I want to make. But it wasn't, you know, I, I wasn't in a, in a gutter you know, shooting up heroin saying this is going to be it for me. You know, I never had those desperate stories. I had desperate stories when it comes to finances and, um, you know, what I was going to do with my life and career. I found myself in, after doing real estate for a couple of years in 2007, about a million dollars in debt between my brother, father, and I and the business. So, you know, certainly those are moments where you look around and go, um, what now? But, but, Throughout it all, and and I do, you know, I do think that there's an element of, um, I don't know if it's if it's grace. I don't know if it's the things that I learned growing up that support. Throughout it all, I always knew there was something else there that was going to save me, keep me up, you know, turn it around. And I also felt. You know, people ask me about the finances, because for a lot of people, when they think a million dollars in debt and finances, they think the world is over. I mean, that's, but my interpretation, even in that moment, the darkest of those moments was not that. It was just a different interpretation. And it was, it really came down to, okay, well, worst case, I'm bankrupt, lose all the money, go live with my parents. They're nice enough. You know, maybe people who have parents who aren't, my parents are actually lovely. I don't want to say nice enough, they are great parents. So, uh, and that's. I would look at what is the real worst-case scenario, and to me, it seemed okay. You know, and I think that's a big part of these moments when we are in despair that we imagine these scenarios that are so terrible, or we don't even imagine them. We just think everything is terrible, nothing is working in my life, I'm miserable, and it's only going to get worse. You know, the pain that we feel on a daily basis is rarely from what we are experiencing that day, it's what we are afraid of happening, you know, afraid of what's coming next. So I think, you know, um, there was always some light available for me, some, some sunlight available for me.
0: When you think about, like, all the work they do with EFT, I mean, mm-hmm. you see all kinds of miracles where, like, I would say modern therapists or life coaches wouldn't be able to get the results that you guys get with tapping with EFT because mm-hmm. they're not going down that deeper mm-hmm. emotional level of the limbic system. <clears throat> So you see a lot of people like in Newtown, Rwanda, and probably lots of other areas of of life coming to you, not when they're all happy and excited, but when they're kind of down and out. And I I would coin that a moment of crisis. Mm. I'm kind of wondering, in the work that you've seen with the people that you've worked with, what is a crisis? Like when when you see people in that space, like how do you interpret that?
2: Well, you know, thinking about the word crisis, I mean, I think a crisis is when you look around and whatever you're faced with, you don't have the resources to handle, right? So if we think about, if you told me right now, hey, you got to go run three miles outside, I'd be like, all right, I can do that. I've been running a little bit. I can do three miles, no problem. You tell me you got to go run nine miles. All right, well, this is going to be tough. You know, like this is a little bit of a crisis for me because I don't have the resources in my physical body to run it. You tell me I have to run a marathon. You're like, right now, when this interview is done, you got to run a marathon. It's going to be a big problem, (laughs) You know, I I, I won't make it. I'll likely hurt myself. It's going to be a miserable experience, right? I think the same applies to the things we face in our lives. If you had the resources, if you had the resources, whether it's tapping or meditation or, you know, the right books, the right emotional support, people around you who love you, those resources make those crises ones that you can get through. You know, if you don't have them, that's when you feel that despair, that sense of loss. That's why community is such a big deal. I mean, when you think about community and people talk about a crisis, what do they always say? I made it through it because of this friend or because of my parents or because of my church or because whatever it was, that relationship that they could lean on. You know, and I think that's such a huge component. Um, certainly seen it in, in the darkest situations in, in Newtown, Connecticut, where it's— I mean, talk about an existential crisis when, uh, you know, a parent loses their child. It's, it's unimaginable. And I don't know if pain goes any deeper than that. But I've seen, and I've and I've witnessed it from a couple feet away, I've seen people find meaning in that and find hope in that. And that doesn't mean with that level of existential crisis that we do tapping and it all goes away and everyone's happy again. But it means that there's a a deeper connection and understanding that I think isn't possible without... where where tapping is so powerful, where any technique like this is so powerful, is that we're going, like you said, the limbic system deep in the body. We're going into the body. We're going to those very native parts of us, those very ancient parts of us that say, I'm scared. I feel this panic in my body. I feel that I'm under attack. So when we can get to the place where we feel safe in our bodies, everything changes.
0: I love that because it's really about that sense of feeling safe in your body because where else would you feel safe? And I think that that's something that people... Don't necessarily associate as being possible on a consistent basis.
2: Yeah, and a lot of people don't even. I'll be tapping with people and I'll bring up the language of being safe. You know, I feel safe in my body, even though I don't feel safe in my body. And a lot of people go, I didn't realize I didn't feel safe, but I definitely don't feel safe. You know, it's not something we walk around in our vernacular going, hey, do you feel safe in your body today? You know, how does that feel? But so many of us, whether it be, you know, childhood abuse or painful childhood alcoholic parents, you know, uh, a loss of a parent, whatever it is, or just the traumas and dramas that happen to us. In life, we don't feel safe in our bodies. We don't feel like we can relax and let go and expand. And it's very difficult, you know, from that constricted place, it's difficult to feel love. You know, if you close your body down like this and you squeeze and, and I say, feel some love, you, it just doesn't work, right? That physiology is part of the body, and that's what's happening when we have these things that we haven't let go of, when we're holding them on in our bodies.
0: So on that topic of sort of feeling safe in the body, I think one of the brilliant things I've actually learned from you and from tapping is this idea, like I could I could, I could kind of like feel it, but I never put words to it until I came across your work, which is like the even though sentence, Yeah. right? So it, it reminds me of like a lot of Carl Jung's work where he says, enlightenment is not imagining figures of light. It's like making the dark conscious. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of wondering if you could speak to um, A, the fear people feel yeah. about going there in the first place, yeah. and then B once they've gone there, what you've seen happen. Yeah. Going to those places, that like because they think negativity is something that gives you cancer or that fear makes you poor or yep. something like that. So I'm kind of wondering if you can kind of speak to that.
2: Yeah, it, it, you know, that's one of the biggest resistance that I get with tapping. It's the fear people go, especially within the personal development community, people who are into positive thinking and affirmations, which I'm into personally. I think it's important, fantastic, but they go, I'm unwilling to say, to talk about the anger, to talk about the anxiety, to talk about how I feel because I don't want to attract more of it or I don't want to implant it in my body, right? And, uh, and that even-though statement, I think, is such a big part of it. You know, if we break it down, even though filling in the blank on whatever you feel, right, not affirming the negative, what is the truth? What is the truth of how you feel right now? If you are angry right now, you're angry. And your body's angry and you know you're angry and you try to affirm that you're not angry and you get even more angry, right? It's it's there. So even though I have this feeling, I love, accept, and forgive myself or I deeply and completely love and accept myself, right? It, that combination to me is so powerful. I've seen so many moments of people just just doing that and finding that there's a relief that happens, that tears and people will just start crying, because for the first time in however long they've acknowledged, I feel this way. It's okay, and I accept myself with that feeling. I and mean, there's tremendous healing just just in that phrase.
0: So, um, why do you think people are scared to go there? Do you think it's like, see, like, was it Brendan call it like se- secret itis or whatever it is? Yeah. Like? Do you think it like, is the secret? Do you think it's just like why
2: do you think? It- well, there's a little influence of that. There's a little influence from that kind of thinking. But beyond that, let's go even outside. This community, I don't think people feel safe expressing anger. Now, to be fair, in the modern society, we don't want to express anger by hitting people, right? We don't want to go raging and yelling at people. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying, though, is in a safe place, go and feel that emotion. You know, feel the truth, speak it. You know, and I do the same thing when I work with people. I, you know, we'll use, uh, you know, uh, dirty language or whatever it takes to bring out that emotion. We'll say the F word and do that because if that's what helps them connect with how they really feel, that's positive. And they only do it for a short period of time. It's to go there, to let it go, and then go, I don't want to do it anymore. You know, anger doesn't serve if you're waking up every morning feeling it. It's like, okay, here it is, running the same pattern again. But all too often, we have to speak it. We've just been swallowing our truth. I see it, you know, often when I tap with people, it's really focusing on the body. So what do you feel? Well, I feel this, you know, tension in my stomach and my chest. And I'll see it go like this, you know. And people will use, I was talking to Tommy Rosen the other day. And we were doing some tapping together with an interview. And he was doing this movement. Oh, I just feel like something's coming up and out like this. And that's what it is. We know intuitively that there's, whether it be some energetic flow or just that this is, it needs to happen as opposed to this. Like all too often it's this. It's just swallowing it down. And you know, you know when you meet someone and they're like, no, I'm doing affirmations and I'm being positive. And, and you just, I mean, I personally feel the blood boiling, you know. And then the anger that it's not working and then we build it up on top of ourselves. We We beat ourselves up because we're not doing what we should be doing. I mean, the amount of self-hatred and beating ourselves up in the personal development community that I see is stunning, you know? So it's within this expressing of it and letting it go and then affirming the positive, you know? We can do the tapping on even though I feel this anger and then say I choose to let this anger go and release it from my body and forgive. But if you try to forgive, you know, if I go and I smack you right now and I say, you know, you're going to react and be angry and I'll say 10 seconds later, you should forgive me because that's the right thing to do. You're going to be like, all right, well, dude, you just smacked me, you know? Like, come on. But if I give you the time to process it and to feel it and say, you know what, I'm really unhappy with what you did there. And this, I, I have a right to be angry. You <laughs> invaded my space. I don't know why you hit me. And then you're willing to forgive. And it's the same thing, you know, that's a silly example, but where it really counts is for things that happened 20 years ago, you know, for something someone said, something someone did. If someone was abused in their childhood, It's very difficult to sit down and say, you know, you have to let it go. You have to forgive because we're talking to that part of their brain that is saying, there's no way I'm going to let this go because if I let this go, if I forgive, it's going to happen again because I'm not safe. This was an uncomfortable, miserable, horrible, devastating experience. I'm not safe. I have to remember this so it never happens again. It's through that processing, and it's natural. One of the things, you know, we've been doing a lot of work in in Newtown and other places, training existing psychologists and psychiatrists in how to do the tapping, right, to bring it into their practice. And one of the things that we have to fight against the most is that many of them, very talented, loving, well-meaning people with great skill sets, but many of them have a practice of reframing things for their client, right, giving their client, well, Mastin, Have you thought about forgiving your mother? Or can you think of the fact that she wasn't really meaning that, but she was meaning this? They're used to. That was their way of helping, right? The tapping process, when you do it right, when you focus on that pain and that hurt, that reframing comes up naturally. So I don't have to say, do you want to forgive this person? You say, I just feel forgiveness in my heart. You know, I think it's time to let this go. And to me, that's what's so empowering, that we can we can work with a practitioner, with a therapist, and get help where needed, but we also feel like we did it ourselves. You know, so many people are like, well, I need my therapist, I need my coach, I need my person to fix me with this. And don't recognize that that power is within.
0: I'm curious, you know, in your book, The Tapping Solution, i was actually really impressed with how much science and data mm-hmm. is in there. Because, yeah. I mean, it's just at first sight, you know, I know <laughs> yeah. it's probably not as much now, but when this first came out, you're kind of like, what is this modality? that seems kind Oh, of I different?
2: still laugh. I mean, it's like every morning I'm like, what am I speaking about today? But it's actually like, when you look at it, it's like, it has that sort of that,
0: the acupuncture system, which is, you know, my MD gives me an acupuncture. It's part of our, of our medical plan with our yeah. insurance company. Well validated science. You talk about the limbic system. You talk about cortisol levels. Yeah. Um, but I'm curious. Yeah. Because, um, you know, one of the themes in the book is grace. Have you seen any like things in your work that just kind of baffle the mind that kind of make you go like, kind of almost like, like, there's no way I could have ever planned this, that this yeah. is like a scientific cortisol level thing. Like, have you seen this in your work?
2: Yeah. I mean, and you know, I really see it in, in group work. I really see it this afternoon. I spoke to 1500 people, 2000 people at a Hay House event. And had some people on stage, great transformations, people in the audience having just, there's a lady who had neck pain, she had screws and rods in her back the last 12 years or something like that, That hurt at a level eight when she started, it was down to zero at the end. And she was just in the audience doing her thing, following along. Uh, there's, there's absolutely grace in the group energy and in the people that come up and the insights that other people have. In the way it all connects with each other, people come up afterwards and say, Oh, that person, the thing they said just opened up a door for me. So I think that sense of community and sharing is is really powerful, really powerful. And, uh, you know, I'm the last couple of years and really, really the last couple of months, I have been personally just doing a couple of little things in my tapping practice, as simple as. Taking a deep breath and getting grounded, and just feeling the body, and sort of slowing it down a little bit. I think when I think when you slow life down a little bit, that's when grace comes in. That's when the opportunity for you know other miracles happen. So I, I've seen it. Uh, I'm still startled. I mean, when that lady told me, I said, "Anyone else have big shifts?" And yeah, right in the front row, my pain is gone. First time in twelve years. I, I, I mean, yeah, I can explain that with the tapping points scientifically, but there's also a level of of just magic, which is which is just incredible.
0: Yeah, I can tell you in my own life, I just put my mom through rehab, hmm. and she went to Betty Ford. She got off this pain medication. She's been in chronic pain for 30-something years, hmm. and one of the core processes that they use at Betty Ford now is tapping. Wow. Which I was, like, blown away. That's when amazing. I heard that I was, like, sign, I don't care what it costs. Just, like, put her in there. That's amazing. And what's interesting is that it's almost like Carolyn, was it Carolyn Mason said this? She said this today. She said, "We know what the darkness will give us, mm. but we're terrified of the light." Oh yeah. And I'm wondering if you can kind of speak to that as you, because I'm sure that you see people who they come in and they're they're actually they're actually they kind of like the pain. Yes. And wh- like, why do you think that is?
2: Um, I think there's a lot of reasons. I mean, let's say someone who's in pain for 30 years, uh, it is. You start with one thing, and let's say let's say thirty years ago you start with. I like to think of these things as equations. You know, it's not just okay. You had an accident, and now you've been in pain for thirty years. It's you had an accident during a very stress, stressful time in your life, so your body wasn't healing as well. And then the next year, something else happened. So you know, and it's this equation that creates chronic pain. Now, what starts happening is now you you had the originating cause, whatever the extra stressors were, but now you have the pain itself that sits on top of it. Now the pain itself becomes a whole beast, right? How you interact with it, how you interact. You know, if, I, if my back is killing me right now, the way you and I interact is totally different. Right? I can't be present with you. You're asking for something from me. I might be dismissive of you because my back really hurts. I don't have the energy for it. Now you're mad at me because I'm not paying any attention to you, and I'm mad at you because you're mad at me, and, you know, right? So this is what now scale that out over 30 years. I'm sure you experience it with your mom. When she was in pain, how when she was in the most pain, it changed your relationship together. And then what starts happening is that I think these circuits in the brain of what we expect to happen. There's, a, I did a pain event a couple of months ago and had a great story, Lady Bobby, who had had knee pain and back pain, all sorts of pain for years. And we did a tapping session on stage. She got a huge result, was completely pain-free goes to sleep that night wakes up either when she was going to sleep or when she woke up in the morning whatever it was she was getting into bed and she made the movement that she always makes right to get into bed or whatever and she went oh and then she realized she wasn't in pain she had made that movement so many times it was just what her body was conditioned to do oh and she paused and said oh my why am i making this noise i'm making this noise cuz i've been making it so many times and that happens with pain i'm having this pain because it's just wired in my brain. And that doesn't just apply to pain. It applies to everything in our lives, that we've run these circuits. It's that record player with the groove that has just been run and run, and that is just what it is. I think one of the things that tapping does is it rewrites that groove. It opens the door for us to think something differently. You know, most of us have thought the same thoughts in one style or another for a long time. Right? Same patterns, same ideas. This is an opportunity to change those patterns.
0: Um, in that process, I can't help but think of sort of like I'm obsessed with Joseph Campbell right yeah. now and the hero's journey. Yeah. And there's this, there's this point where like, it's interesting that pain or death mm-hmm. is very closely related on the Campbell scale to redemption. Mm. Like they're kind of right next to each other, Yeah. And but you don't get redemption first. You get the pain first. Yeah. Um, but for the journey to be complete, once you've gone through that process and you've had a sense of redemption, um, it's not complete unless it's the, what you've learned is shared with others. Yeah. And I'm kind of curious in your own life because, you know, you have now become uh, consciously or unconsciously, intentionally or not, sort of like the face of tapping. Mm. Um, how has your life changed realizing that, you know, because, you, I mean, you think about the size of your email list, think about how many people you reach, New York Times bestseller, all these sort of like accolades. Um it's, it's obviously because you are packaging this and your story and who you are is, is is exactly what needed to come along but it also is because the need is there yeah it's like these people are in pain yeah and like your services what you're doing is actually helping people like you're giving back how has that sort of like changed your life
2: hmm. you know I, internally it hasn't changed anything i mean yeah, it's it's okay, New York Times bestseller, not New York Times bestseller. I know you say, oh, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't change you. It doesn't change how I feel when I wake up in the morning. I try to make a conscious effort to appreciate it more because I think it's a cool thing. And, um, if anything, one thing I work on is giving myself more credit for that. Hey, look back. I mean, I've done a lot. It's been really successful, but I'm always just so going for the next thing that it can be easy to not pause and, and think that, um, What's happened for me, is, especially in the last year, I mean, the last year with what happened in Newtown and, um, and really feeling that call to do something special, you know, to, um, to create something that has lasting impact and difference in not only the lives in that community but throughout the world. You know, I believe that this really simple tool can transform lives. I, I believe that there's people who are in such terrible pain, emotional and physical, That if they were just had access to this tool, could even just reduce it a little bit. You know, if everyone in the world learned tapping, the pain in the world might go from a nine or a 10 to an eight. Right? That's a big deal. Right? If someone's had chronic pain for 30 years and it's an eight every day and they get it down to a five, it's a different quality of life. You know, and I've felt the calling to share this and especially to share it in a way that people can understand. I think that's my, what I'm personally most proud of, is that I can explain things in a way, I can have fun with them. I mean, when I'm on stage, I'm joking all the time, having a good time. We're doing serious, deep, traumatic work, and we're laughing about it. And I think that's important, to balance that, you know, how do we feel safe in our bodies, but also bring some humor to this, not make it the darkest thing that it is. And... um, and I think it, I think we're just getting started, you know, I really, the, if we look at the consciousness movement, the personal development movement, it's still tiny, you know, and for me, I'm having fun in this arena, but what I'm most excited about what's happening is, how do we bring it into VA hospitals and medical hospitals and bring it to the counselors that are working with the people one-on-one, you know, I can only do so much and internet is a great ability to share with more people, but you're still limited. The people on the ground. I mean, they're they're just, they're the soldiers. They're the ones on the front lines who on a daily basis are having experiences that I'm not having. The nurse, I talked to a nurse today who said, I want to bring this to my patients. They're in so much pain and they're suffering and they're emotional and they're stressed and she wants to help them. What a great opportunity. So to me, anything I can do to support those people who I think are incredibly brave, I mean, teachers in school who are dealing with kids with emotional problems and behavioral pro- problems. I've got my sister-in-law as a teacher. I don't know how she does it. I mean, third graders, I, I cannot imagine. What, one hour of that, and I'm tapping away to try to relieve my stress. So if we can make her life easier, if we can make our soldiers' lives easier, you know, whatever you think about war, um, veterans coming home with PTSD, they they gave their arms and legs and life and emotional experience to protect us to do what they were tasked to do so again whether you're happy or not that they were tasked to do that doesn't change the fact that we need to help them and support them and uh and this is a tool that works incredibly well so to me that's like how do we open the vision of this world to make it about the world not just some woo-woo thing in the corner that we do to try to make more money or to make our individual lives better
0: yeah you know, you've seen a lot of trauma. Mm-hmm. I mean, probably the worst. I mean, I, I know the stories I hear, sure. and I've only, you know, been doing this. You know, they nowhere near as long as you've been doing this. So I can't imagine the stories that you've heard. Imagine for a moment that you're someone who's watching this, and maybe you're new to it. You've never heard of the Daily Love or the Tapping Solution or Nick Ortner or me or anything wow. like that. But you just maybe you feel stuck mm. and you feel powerless and you feel like your problem, like the three P's of learned helplessness, personal, permanent, and pervasive. And there's like no way out. Yeah.
2: yeah, well, there are times when I'm working with a client and we hit that moment when it's like the despair is felt at the highest levels and we're going into it. And I have to be careful not to smile because it's not appropriate if someone, if you're like crying to me and I just start smiling. And the reason I have to be careful is that... The, Deep inside, I'm happy because I know what's next. I know that we're just inches away from that shift. You know, it's like, oh, we're here. We went there. We experienced it. We're doing the work. I mean, just the fact that people are watching this video means that they're they're right there. They are right there. And I know that after you've climbed a a huge mountain, you know, and you've been scaling up of it, and it seems miserable, and it seems like it's never going to end, and you're right at the peak, and you don't know— it's, it's right there. It's right around the corner. So I think there are these tiny moments of grace. There are these tiny opportunities that if you can just latch onto, you know, if you can feel joy in the little pinky toe of your foot and just hold on to that and like know that it's right there and know that from my, from my experience personally working with Clients working with people in the toughest situations. When they hold on to that grace, to that little bit of joy, when they persist just a little bit longer, take that extra step, that's when everything changes. And you just go, And we have the resources. You know, if we were talking, this conversation was happening 100 years ago, there, there wasn't tapping shared. There wasn't meditation shared. There wasn't these amazing resources, most of them for free online. So while we do have pressures unlike we've ever experienced before i mean there's certainly pressures of the fast paced world that maybe 100 years ago we're on a farm and all is good right so there's new pressures but there's also new solutions they're out there they're out there and just keep going you know tapping might work for you if it doesn't work try something else and try something else and try something else and that persistence to me is what makes all the difference
1: thank you for listening to the power and purpose podcast with mask and kip today's presentation was an interview with nick Ortner. We have a lot more great content to help you learn to live your power and your purpose here on the podcast. Subscribe to the show to make sure you get every episode as soon as it is released. Visit maskandkip.com forward slash subscribe for more. Between now and our next episode, get out there, take action, and make it real.
0: If that's something that you want to do and to be a part of spreading the word, I would be so very grateful if you could leave a review on Apple or Spotify podcasts so that uh, you can review this and hopefully it's a good review, but please leave an honest review. And especially if you want to leave a five-star review, I would be super stoked on that. But of course, just make it honest. But my goal is to share more trauma-informed information with the world, and I need your help to spread this information and reviews matter. So if you feel called to do that, I would very much appreciate it if you got value from this episode and from this podcast. We very much appreciate it. And uh, thank you so much for hearing me out. And if you feel called, please leave a review on Apple or Spotify and we'll see you in the next episode.